Welcome to the One Podcast, as in one billionaire spelled H-E-I-R, strong. Own your potential and own your worth. This is the podcast that gives you access to the world's top mentors, people who have inspired and guided me to believe that anything is possible. These are the people that give you the rubber meets the road, how-to information that I wish I would have always had when I was thinking about starting, growing, or scaling my venture. These are the people that help us believe that one person with a clear vision and committed heart can change the world. I'm Ingrid Vandervelt, your host. Now let's get started. Hi, everybody. It's Ingrid Vandervelt. Welcome back into my favorite one of them, Topics to Talk About, here with Jane Westman of Jane Westman PR. Uh, And I am so excited to hop into this topic about money with Jane, because I'm just going to kick it off by saying that Jane, and, and I love you have said this a few times, you say, you know, the guys just talk about money, but women really don't. And you have done such a fantastic job of your slow and steady approach to building your business and your personal wealth. And so what I'd love to jump into in this segment is I really want to, I'm seeking your advice to share with all of us two areas. One, building wealth itself, we're going to go into that. But the first thing I want to ask you is take us back to negotiation of your own value. This whole thing is about own your potential, own your worth. And women rarely negotiate and ask for what they're really worth. So what tips do you have for listeners and women to know what they're worth and then to stand strong in asking for their worth? So if we're talking about women in that entrepreneurial situation in which they're, they're trying to price their services or their products, you, you have to be realistic about it. What does it cost you to provide this product or service? You, you need to figure that out. What are your manufacturing costs? What are, what are your raw materials of manufacturing costs, shipping and delivery costs? You need to know exactly what that is. And, and then you also need to know what your competitors are charging so that you can figure out what, what you're going to charge. And this is in the beginning when you're starting a business, you may discover that this is not a viable business for you because you can't get your costs down enough to uh, compete in the market. When it comes to women in the service business, it's a little bit more slippery or gray because we, we uh, are trying to place a value on our own time. But again, what, what you need to do is take a look at what it costs you to deliver this service, and you really have to understand uh, what the competition is charging. You need to put yourself into the right place in the competition, because if you're a, uh, running a small service business with just a few employees, you're, you're probably not competing against a gigantic uh, service business that has to charge a lot more and that generally goes after larger pro, uh, projects. So you need to get yourself in, you need to know where do you stand in the market? What does it cost you to deliver these services? And you need to look at your profits. You need to charge enough to make a profit, to pay your bills, and to put money aside for your 
future. And that's really a, a key. One of, one of the mistakes that, I'm, that I hear often is just simply the concept that women don't charge enough for their products or services, and they should just raise their fees. But that doesn't work. Not if the market won't bear it. And so you're just going to go out there and say, I'm worth this. I know this job is worth it. But is this really what the customer is willing to pay? So it's, it's actually, you, you, it's rational and it's scientific. And then you need to charge the best uh, price that you possibly can and make sure that you take care of yourself. Does that make sense? That makes a lot of sense. I'm curious then. So let's take an example. Uh, Louis Vuitton versus Ikea. And those are kind of very different examples because Ikea does not sell bags. But I guess they do. They have the little, you know, paper rags or whatever. But, you know, I often think in my mind, okay, those are two very different models. Value-based pricing. So what, what advice do you have that you would give to an entrepreneur listening to this that says, you know, I'd rather be the Louis Vuitton of my services industry, or I'm going to be the Ikea of my services industry. How do you know which one to go? What would you advise? Advise. Well, yeah, I think that's really up to the individual as to this is where your passion and your interest lies. So if you look at a high-end label, uh, let's just stick to fashion for a minute. Um, like Louis Vuitton, and then and you look at their purses and you see how they're made, the materials, the workmanship, uh, the 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 beautiful design, um, the style, and then you go to Zara, which does you know a, a quick knockoff for seventy five dollars. Believe me, the the workmanship is not going to be the same. The materials aren't going to be the same, and you really can see the difference. I do have to say that in some of the very high-end fashion labels, you do start to wonder how they can charge so much money. Um, but, uh, but always the, the materials and the, the workmanship are almost always extraordinary. So, and the time to produce the product is, is usually, uh, it, it takes longer. So you have to decide for yourself, are, if, you're, if you're manufacturing a product, wh which way do you want to go? When you, go, when you look at Ikea uh, versus, let's say, uh, Knoll for, for furniture, Ikea, you go there, you buy the, you buy the furniture, it's, it's, it's great, just, just like a Zara bag is. Um, and I do have clothes from Zara, and I do have Louis Vuitton, by the way. But um, I do too. It's and I love both of them. Yep. Mix and match, and think about that when you're an entrepreneur. You know that that your clients may want to mix and match your services or product with others. But when you go to IKEA, you're going to be um, putting together the furniture all by yourself. You're going to go out there, you're going to pick it up, you're going to put it in your car, and then you're going to bring it home and put it together yourself. Or you will pay extra for delivery, and you will pay extra for somebody from Ikea to, to, to put it together for you. Again, the materials are, are not going to be as good. And the, the uniqueness of design and artistry probably isn't, isn't going to be there. So I think I think that you have to know, this is where I 
where I say you have to know your market and you have to know the quality of, of the product that, that you're delivering. I'll give you a quick example. In my business, uh, somebody, I, I may have a competitor out there who will write press releases for some small amount, um, small amount to me would be $500 to write a press release. I can't do that. I won't do that because in my business, I'm going to, um, which is book marketing, I'm going to read the book very carefully. I'm going to look at what the media is interested in. I'm going to look at who's going to buy that book. So before I write a press release about a book, I'm going to spend a huge amount of time preparing for it. I'm going to read the book very carefully and I'm going to write an in-depth press release. I can't do it uh, on the low end. That's just the way it is. Oh, that is great, great, great advice. And, you know, I know this segment's going to go a little bit longer than uh, most segments on this, but Jane, if, if you will go there with us, you and I have had some wonderful conversations about the topic of money. That, in fact, was the reason initially before Jane and I really knew each other, but I was so intrigued by Jane. And of course, Google did all my research and heard all about her. And I was like, I got to know this woman. She's amazing. But I was giving a speech and you were calling me to the mat in a good way on the financial piece of it. And, and I was thinking to myself, as you were asking me questions, I was like, this is awesome. Like, you're the only person that literally has ever done this in a public setting. And this is great. If more women would do this, we could really have these open conversations about money and value. And so where that led, a little bit of a backstory, but where that led and where I'd like to take us now is Jane, you have uh, some really great advice for anyone listening to this, but especially women, uh, when it comes to building business and personal wealth, that rather than thinking about it as a tech entrepreneur, we're trained to think build big, build fast, sell. Yours is very different from that. And I'd love for you to walk us through sort of your mindset about money and what, what those listening and reading and watching can learn to apply in their own life. So um, the, what I was talking about is that, that uh, many of us, only about 3% of women entrepreneurs ever build million dollar businesses. And I always find it interesting that this concept of the million dollar business is, is a kind of a holy grail for us. Um, and so I think about, okay, so you build a million dollar business, but that doesn't make you a millionaire. So we're, we're separating our personal goals and our personal wealth from this kind of structure of building a business. But in the end, business is about making money. I'm sorry, folks. That's that's where the that's where it helps your life. That's where you get to do what you want to do. You can contribute your money any way you want to to help others. It's where the power is. Um, and if you, it, I, uh, do you remember the 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 play or the movie Cabaret? There's this wonderful song called, you know, where they sing, "Money makes the world." go round. And, and that's really the truth. Yet women shy away from this as if it's so unattractive to, to think about money. Because I, I think our images of women uh, who are interested in money is that it's frivolous. It's about fashion, diamond, jewels. It's a, not about taking the money 
and using it in some powerful way to, to build something great or to, or to help other people. So number one is that when you're building your business, yes, certainly build it to a million dollar or, or more business, but think about your cash flow as you're going along. You, 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 you can build a million dollar, a business that has a million dollars in annual revenues, but if it costs you $1.1 million to, to make that business happen, you've just, money. Yeah, you've just lost $100,000. So what I say is think about building your, your business, paying all your bills, paying your employees well. Just think about that, how you're helping, your, helping people by giving them good, well-paying jobs. And pay yourself. Make sure you pay yourself. And the key behind this um, in, in personal finance is our retirement plans. I mean, our tax system is set up that we should always fund our retirement plans. And in the beginning, it might be your IRA plan. In, in the long run, uh, it's, it's something that I have for all of my employees, which is a profit sharing plan. So I would contribute to a profit sharing plan for my employees every year. The way mine was structured, or is structured, my employees didn't have to contribute. But if they were big earners in my business, they could leave with a couple of hundred thousand dollars, which is pretty good, and I put all the money in it, and um, we almost always invested in mutual funds. And um, so now I'm getting a little bit too much into personal finance, but I'll just tell you one thing. Uh, you may have mentioned that one of my clients is, is Charles Schwab, and he wrote several books about personal finance that I publicized over the years. And um, one of the things that, that he always said to me when I would ask him about investing, I'd go, Chuck, what's your best advice for investing? And he would always um, uh, tell me to invest in mutual funds that, that um, index funds that invested in a very large group of stocks that mimicked your, the various indexes, whether it was the Dow Jones or the S&P 500 or whatever. It's probably more than you want to know. No, this is great. This is the media information that anyone listening to this is like, okay, this is real advice on here's how to invest, protect what you've made and grow what you've made. And, and that it's a very simple way to grow your money and you should start as early as you possibly can. Um, and yeah, I'll announce this publicly. I've taken my $500 and turned it into millions of dollars over the years through proper investing, mostly in a, in a nice basket of mutual funds uh, in, in, um, and in individual stocks and bonds and some real estate. Oh dear, I've given away my secret, but that's it. I love it. I, I, oh gosh, I love it. And you've got to write a book on <laughs> how you did exactly that because inquiring minds really do want to know. Um, Jean, you know, you talked about the importance of paying yourself and, and to just stay on this just for, for another moment here. Um, the, you've talked many times about you've got to, Pay yourself so that you have that money to be able to invest and then do things like put it into real estate. And um, I'm, I'm just curious, when, when you made your first real estate investment, just for a moment, 
Um, was this something, did you have a mentor that taught you or were you reading a book about it? Or were you just like, this is a no brainer investment. This is just what you do if you're trying to build your wealth and do it in, in a, well, nothing's guaranteed. But if there's any industry that's most guaranteed, it's real estate. Actually, it's not. <laughs> really? Well, okay. you know, real estate goes in five-year cycles of ups yeah. and downs. Um, what and would you say? Pardon me? What would you say it is? The, well, what would you say the safest way to grow your wealth? You've talked about mutual Diversification. You must be diversified is the yeah. safest way to grow your wealth. Um, so let, let me just uh, tell you this about real estate. Um, I'm not particularly a real estate investor. I've bought properties that I live in, but it's hard to live in three different places. Uh, so I have property in, in, in New York, in East Hampton, New York, and in, and in Miami Beach. I have friends or, and clients who are real estate investors whose business really is real estate, and they've become extremely wealthy um, doing it. But that's not really my expertise. But um, so I wasn't buying property so much as a real as an investment as opposed to places where I wanted to live with the idea that the that this real estate would increase in value in the long run, which does happen. But I did buy one piece of property as a as an investment, purely as an investment that I wasn't going to live in. And I can tell you this, it's a whole other job. It's a whole other business being a landlord. Um, and my, if I went to sell that piece of real estate now, I probably would take a loss on, on the piece of real estate. So it is a whole other business. And it's not the way that I'm saying the only way you should uh, build wealth. I'm saying you need a, a diversified portfolio, stocks, bonds, uh, alternative investments, maybe Bitcoin. I, you know, I, I don't invest in it, but perhaps that's the future. Um, and, and real estate. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Jane. Well, I, I just so enjoy talking with you on, on money here. And it is a lot of fun to have a conversation about it. And I think what I'd love to just encourage the, the listeners here that are, are listening to you now and hearing this conversation that really it is a topic that um, rather than being taboo, and I, I often say I'm like, money is the thing that people think about most uh, often, most people think about most often, but it's also the thing, especially for women that we Heisman most often. And I think the more that we can have these open conversations about it and share these strategies, um, there is the opportunity to, I don't want to say master money, but rather than having money control you, it's something that you can really use as a tool for good. I think you should master money. And by the way, there are lots of great money advisors out there um, who can coach you and help you invest. Um, and and I, I would say that start investing as early as possible. Start with your IRA and, and then and move on from there. Um, but uh, we, we should do another uh, segment on, on cash flow and collecting money from your clients. Um, um, not being afraid to collect money. I've seen businesses go bankrupt because they let their biggest clients uh, not pay them. And eventually they just went belly up because they, they couldn't pay their bills. So, so much to talk about when it comes to money. 
I know. Well, Jane, if you're up for it, the last segment are rapid fire questions. But since you answered those, my favorite questions, as everyone did, and those are a lot of fun. Uh, if listeners will join me here, Jane, what I'd love to do is actually we'll pause here. We'll go into a final segment with you. But I'd love to, to use that segment as an opportunity to talk about how you collect in that way. And I also love, I'd love to hear um, how you encourage, again, especially other women to think about collecting up front, because that's, that's not something that is common. And that is such a great way to make sure you're always covered financially. Would, can we do that? Can we spend a little yes, more sure. time on that? Okay. Of course. All right. Thank you, everybody, for joining us here in the money section. And this is fun. We're going to go into another conversation about money, but this is how to uh, charge and get what, what you're owed um, and how to make sure you've got your basis covered. So here with Jane Westman from Jane Westman PR. Thank you so much, Jane. We'll see you in the next segment. Thank you again for listening to The One Podcast. Once again, I'm your host, Ivy. If you enjoyed today's episode and would love to hear more, be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Anchor, where you can listen to new episodes. Be sure to leave us a review and let us know what you think. For more information about myself or the Empowering a Billion Women by 2020 Movement initiative, visit EBW2020. Our hashtag is 1BillionStrong. Until next time. See you then.